I'm on the ground out here in Las Vegas, also known as the Sin City. But I tell you what, a lot of Grizzlies news to catch up on. Marcus Smart introduced a Grizzlies family reunion before the last game and a lot of takeaways from practice, from summer league games and more. We got to break it all down right here coming up on Locked On Grizzlies. You are Locked On Grizzlies, your daily Memphis Grizzlies podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on? What's going on, everyone? And welcome back to Locked On Grizzlies. I am your host today. DeMichael Cole, beat writer for the Commercial Appeal in Memphis, Tennessee. I'm going solo. Uh, it probably mo- solo for most of this week. We might have a special guest come on every now and then. Uh, I'll say I'll keep you posted on that. But Joe Monaski in the well-deserved time off, uh, taking some time away with the fam. Uh, we all need uh, that from, from time to time. But appreciate you guys for tuning in to Locked On Grizzlies today. Uh, as I just stated, I'm out here in Las Vegas. Uh, with the Grizzlies and so much to catch up on, so much to catch up on. A lot happened since the last time we talked. Uh, Friday show, I believe, uh, Friday morning show. So we didn't get to talk about the Marcus Smart player introduction, which happened uh, Friday afternoon, Friday evening. Uh, We didn't get to talk about Saturday, Desmond Bain uh, having his contract extension a press conference as well. And then there was everything else in between, you know, just being here, right. Uh, running into Zach Randolph, running into, you know, uh, all the other players that are here, Zaire Williams, Xavier to Malou Kennard, uh, talking to David Roddy, talking to Jake LaRavia, talking to Ken Lofton Jr., Gigi Jackson, so much to catch up. So make sure you stay tuned on this episode. And remember this episode uh, of Locked on Grizzlies is everywhere. Uh, you can find us on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you listen, wherever you watch podcasts, you can find Locked On Grizzlies. Make sure you continue to like, rate, subscribe, all of those good things. Leave us some good reviews. Leave some comments as well. Just let us know what you're thinking. But let's go ahead and jump into it. And I think we should start with Marcus Smart. Again, this episode, there's so much to uncover here. If you're watching on YouTube, well, I'll and uh, you see our bullet points. But if you're not watching on YouTube, today's show rundown pretty much will be we'll start it off talking about Marcus Smart being introduced uh, at the press conference on Friday. Then we'll get into the Grizzlies family reunion. All the guys who are here, the veteran players are here, some of the conversations I've had with some of them. And we'll talk about everything in between that, including Dylan Brooks, who is also out here in Las Vegas as well. And then we'll do some early Las Vegas Summer League tidbits. Won't have anything to do with what we've seen pretty much in Salt Lake City, but uh, I was at practice, talked to a lot of the players, talked to a couple of the players after the first Las Vegas game. So we'll talk about some of that as well in the third segment. But right now we got to talk Marcus Smart. My first impression, basketball aside, we'll we'll, we'll get into the basketball stuff. You know, we're going to have plenty of time to talk about that. Uh, This guy... Gets it. You say, oh, what What do you mean, DeMarco? That's, that's very broad. What does he get? Uh, Marcus Smart understands what the Grizzlies will need from him. He understands why the Grizzlies brought him to Memphis at this time. He And he understands what it takes 
to get the Grizzlies to the next level. That is kind of my overall takeaway from talking to Marcus Smart uh, at the introduction press conference and talked to him off to the side as well for a while. But uh, real, real neat guy, real authentic uh, from everyone that I was talking to in Boston was telling me things about how Marcus Smart's going to keep it real. And if you go back and look at the things he said in the past, yeah, he'll challenge Jason Tatum. He'll challenge Jalen Brown. He'll challenge his other teammates. But he's also someone that's going to say, hey, if, if, I, if I call someone out for something, I'm, I'm going to make sure I can do it too. If I say someone isn't hustling, someone isn't passing the ball, I'm going to make sure I do those things. So uh, Marcus Smart gives you some walk-the-walk and talk-the-talk type energy. And uh, as, as Taylor Jenkins said in his own words, Marcus Smarts adds a much-needed juice to the Grizzlies locker room. He gives them more juice that can take him to the next level. That's what Taylor Jenkins said. But a couple other things that would take away. One, let's start with what everyone wants to talk touch on probably. The first thing is the, the mentorship perspective. This is a guy who's been in the league nine years, nine playoff appearances. Talk a little bit about the mentorship perspective, you know, playing with John Morant and those guys. And – what stood out to me is he hit on a perspective that I haven't seen discussed much in terms of how he can help Ja and and, and Jaren and just all of those guys. And he he alluded back to his time with Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. And he said, hey, look, I challenged those guys, and they're like my brothers today. He talked about how that's his, his attribute. Like, he wants to bring the best out of his teammates. If you've seen Marcus Smart play, that's, that's no surprise to you. He wants to bring the, best, bring the best out of those around him. And he said it. He's planning to do exactly that with John Moran. So don't expect Marcus Smart to come over here and be too passive. This is a guy who I think uh, he'll be great for the Grizzlies. He'll be great for Ja. Uh, shout out to Keith Parrish over at Fast Break breakfast he pointed out the fact that uh i think it was a couple seasons ago that marcus smart took more charges himself than the grizzlies took as a team and when when keith brought up that point at the press conference it led to a whole three four minutes probably maybe a little bit less than i was maybe okay maybe about three minutes where marcus smart just breaks down the importance of taking charges and how it's the most important play in basketball. And I'm looking at Taylor Jenkins because I know Taylor, you know, Taylor Jenkins is basketball through and through. This guy, breakfast, lunch, dinner, basketball man. Taylor Jenkins is just listening to him talk about the importance of take, taking charges. And you can you can just see it. Taylor Jenkins looked like he just wanted to grab Marcus Smart and just hug him and swing him around and say, where have you been? <laughs> where have you been? This is what we need. That's the energy Taylor Jenkins was giving, man. And uh, it's it's new. What Marcus Smart is going to bring is new to the point. When they were talking about taking taking charges, Taylor Jenkins is joking, saying that he's going to let Marcus Smart run the drill because that is something that you haven't seen the Grizzlies do that much. Now, uh, to the positive side, the Grizzlies block a whole bunch of shots. That's something they've been near the top of the league in uh, each of the last three years. But at the same time, they don't take nearly enough charges. You see, a lot of teams take charges against the Grizzlies, against Desmond Bain, against John Morant, against Jaron Jackson Jr. But you don't see the Grizzlies returning the favor. So having a guy like Marcus Smart bring some of that infectious, some of that contagious energy, uh, that should be a benefit. That should be very helpful. But then we got into uh, one of the biggest 
parts of criticism in adding Marcus Smart. And I think that was the fact about guarding taller players. So that was the first thing I decided to ask him because everyone's criticism with bringing in Marcus Smart is like, okay, so we're getting, we're still getting a small forward, right? That's what everyone's been saying. And I'm like, the Grizzlies aren't looking at it like that. I've said this time and time again. The Grizzlies, in terms of upgrading the wing, it was about A, getting a perimeter defender, and B, if you trade Tyus Jones, getting a backup playmaker to replace him. You kind of got two of those in one player in Marcus Smart. So basically, your wing defender who's going to guard top small scores, top of small forward scores is Marcus Smart. So I asked him, I'm like, look, I'm sure you, you've heard the criticism. 6'3 guy, probably going to be matched up against Kevin Durant sometimes, Kawhi Leonard, Paul George. Uh, just I picked his brain. I asked him, what, what are your thoughts on that? And here's part of the quote uh, from Marcus Smart. He said, if I'm on the court and you're in front of me, that's all that matters. I don't care who you are. I don't care how big you are. I don't care how small you are. If you're in front of me, my job is to try and stop you, plain and simple. And I'm going to do that to the best of my ability. Then he had to, you know, he did have to do a little defensive player of the year flex real quick. And he said, I like to think that I'm kind of good at it. So I'm going to continue to do that. Very confident. Very, you know, and he should be. He's a former defensive player of the year. This isn't some some regular defender we're talking about. This is a guy who's been rewarded uh, because of his ability to guard one through five in the NBA. And that's what the Grizzlies think they're getting. The Grizzlies think they're getting a guy who on one night he can guard Steph Curry. On the next guy, he can guard Devin Booker or, or, or Kevin Durant. And then on the next night, he can guard, you know, Kawhi Leonard, Paul George. Or he can go guard Jamal Murray, Michael Porter Jr. If he's having a big day, he can guard whoever you put in front of him. That's what they believe in uh, with this guy. And then lastly, we talked about the plan on and off the ball with Marcus Smart. Uh, listening to, to Marcus Smart talk about this was kind of refreshing because you realize – how important it is for him to get guys involved. He talked about his court vision, uh, seeing things before they happen, being that type of player who wants to get other guys involved and things like that. You realize he has six and a half assists per game while playing on playing alongside of guys like Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum who like to have the ball in their hands, who are actually really effective with the ball in their hands. So his six and a half assists uh, playing alongside those guys actually look pretty good. So I think we're going to see – before John Morant, you're going to see a bigger playmaking role with Marcus Smart than probably we've ever seen before. Uh, so it'll be good to see how he responds to that. But clearly he's very confident in his playmaking ability. And when it, when John gets back, I think, you know, playing on the ball, playing off the ball, there is upside uh, to, to what Marcus Smart can bring to that. Here's what he said. He said, playing point guard, I love to get guys up. I love to find guys, create a shot for a guy. And then he said, I see the floor differently than certain guys. For me to be able to have the ball in my hands and to be able to dish it out from what I see is something that I love, but I'm very fine with playing off the ball. Overall, talking to, to Marcus Smart, you just get the sense. This guy's about it, man. He, he He's about it. I think he aced uh, his intro press conference, talking to him off to the side, happy to be in Memphis. Uh, I asked him about the Memphis barbecue. I said, you, you know, you he's a Dallas, you know, he's a Texas native. So, you know, they, they say the barbecue is pretty good down there. And it's what do you think about Memphis barbecue? And he goes, it's all right. I'm like, it's all right. He's like, well, that's a compliment. 
because you know he he loves the Dallas barbecue. He said anywhere else he wouldn't even say that. So he, he he's a fan of Memphis barbecue so far. But uh, Marcus Smart, I think very good addition to the Grizzlies. Clearly fits the culture. A lot of the players that I've talked to said they've already had conversations with him. Desmond Bain, David Roddy, uh, all these guys already talked to Marcus Smart. Taylor Jenkins talks about diving into the film room with him. Going to be fun to see how that plays out. But you know what else is fun to see? It's fun to see the Grizzlies gather up together in Las Vegas. A lot of the the veteran players, as well as the younger players, are out here. We're going to talk about that next, coming up on Locked On Grizzlies. But before we get to that, i got to talk to you about Ibotta. Because here's the thing. Picking up burgers and hot dogs, you know, at the summer cookout, at the summer barbecue. Look, you know you're already doing it. So why not get cash back for it with Ibotta? Ibotta gives you cash back on hundreds of grocery items from produce to personal care to pantry goods so you can make sure that you're beating inflation no matter what you are purchasing. Look, you can either link your loyalty account or you can upload your receipt after you shop and get your cash back. It's just that simple. See, other apps are going to give you points that don't count. They don't account too much. With Ibotta, you can get real cash back that you can cash out to your bank account. You can cash it out to PayPal, or you can cash it out to gift cards. You can earn cash back on hundreds of online brands and retailers, too, when you start with Ibotta. I'm talking about Lowe's, Macy's, Sephora, Best Buy, and many more. Right now, Ibotta is offering our listeners $5 just for trying Ibotta by using the code LOCK. That's L-O-C-K-E-D when you register. Right now, Ibotta is offering our list is $5 just for trying using the code LOCKED. All you got to do is use the code LOCKED right now to register over at Ibotta. Coming up next on Locked On Grizz, we're going to talk about the family reunion in Las Vegas. Stay tuned for that. Welcome back to Locked On Grizz, everyone. I'm DeMichael Cole, beat writer for the Commercial Appeal here in Memphis, Tennessee. Right now, I'm in Las Vegas. Uh, in the city where the people truly don't sleep. And Saturday's game was interesting, yes. But what was happening around the game was probably just as interesting for, for those in the building. And, and I'm sure many of you keep up with the Grizzlies uh, through Twitter and social media. Uh, you probably saw some of this too. But it was kind of a small reunion. I mentioned earlier Desmond Bain. This was the same day that he had his intro press conference. So he's out in Vegas, had his family out there as well. Baby Bain as well, just recently turned one. Uh, uh, Desmond Bain's son uh, was out over there in the crowd with him as well. You had Zach Randolph uh, sitting courtside along with guys like Taylor Jenkins, Zach Kleiman, and then there was many more. You know, Zaire Williams, Jaron Jackson Jr., and Dylan Brooks. Dylan Brooks was in attendance as well, and he sat alongside Jaron Jackson Jr. And uh, funny story, funny story real quick. Of course, this was uh, this is the reunion because for a lot of guys, this is a, Vegas is the link-up. You got to remember that some of the players are working out in Memphis for part of the summer, but they move around. You know, uh, Zaire, Jaron, those guys like to come out to Cali. And, and do some of their working out. Desmond Bain has spent a lot of time in Memphis uh, right now building up. And you just get a good mix. So when these guys get out to Vegas, it's, it's kind of a meetup. And, and that's what happened uh, here recently. So, you know, Dylan Brooks comes in with Jaron Jackson Jr. And Desmond Bain greets the guys. And, of course, the competitive juices start flowing. Because this is the same day that Dylan Brooks is uh, – 
contract with the Houston Rocks is Houston Rockets is quote unquote officially introduced. And then you get Dylan Brooks and Desmond Bain trade trading banner. Desmond Bain talking about how Dylan Brooks can't guard him, won't be able to guard him off of those pin downs when they play against each other. Dylan Brooks reminding Desmond Bain, hey, look, you got to see me four times. And I know we got a lot of uh Steven, Steven Adams uh fans on here as well, but Desmond Bain also gave some love to Steven Adams. You know, when when Dylan Brooks tried to, of course, if you know about Dylan Brooks and defense, you know, Dylan Brooks talks a lot about his physicality. And Desmond Bain was like, yeah, that's cool. To Steven Adams hits you with that screen. You know, he's like, he, he said, I'm going to call Steve-O. And so they traded their little fun banner. It, it made me ready to see that first. I'm, I'm ready to see when Houston and, 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 and the Grizzlies are going to square off for the first time. I think it's going to make for a lot of fun. So there was the fun banner as well. And then I want to talk about Zaire Williams for a little bit. Because Zaire Williams walked in. I didn't think much of it. As most of you, if you've been following Locked On Grizzlies, we've already talked about why Zaire Williams is not playing in Summer League. But uh, but some people in the Grizzlies fan base seem to be annoyed with the fact that Zaire Williams was even there. Like his, his presence at Summer League irritated some people. Again, I talked in the past about why Zaire Williams is there. The, the Grizzlies, uh, he had a very injury riddle second year, uh, potentially, potentially just with the knee injuries and and whatnot. And the Grizzlies are erring on the side of caution here. They want Zaire to focus on rehab work right now and kind of building back up for preseason for the regular season, so he can kind of have a healthy season. That's the goal. Uh, playing games in summer league. The Grizzlies do not feel like that will accomplish that. And remember, when the season ended, the plan was for him to play in summer league. So this was a decision that was made after, you know, the initial plan of getting Zaire in summer league. So the Grizzlies are very much aware, just like you, that Zaire Williams could benefit from summer league. But why are people getting mad at Zaire Williams for a decision that the Grizzlies made? This is a Grizzlies decision. Zaire Williams didn't make this decision. He, he, he could come out and support his teammates. I, I see no problem with that. And then John Moran even got involved because there was a lot of Twitter snapback uh, when people saw the videos of Zaire Williams walking in Las Vegas. And uh, I think John Moran said something, paraphrasing here, uh, on Twitter to the effects of, you know, I can't wait till my little brother referring to, to, to Zaire get, gets his chance to get back on the court. He says, she's the... The Zaire slander is crazy, and it is. The Zaire slander is pretty crazy. Uh, if you've been listening to me, you know the fact. I think Zaire Williams has a lot of potential. All you got to do is go to the second half of his rookie year. What did we see? We saw a guy who it wasn't anything flashy. But we saw a guy who understood his role. He wasn't getting in the way. He played good, solid defense, and the Grizzlies were winning while he was on the floor. That's what we saw. Uh, conventional wisdom said, hey, he's going to take a jump in year two. He's going to take a jump in year three. He's going to be ready to start. That's what I thought. I thought year three, it set up perfectly. Dylan Brooks will leave after you know his second season, and he'd be in a position to start. But the injuries and everything have kind of uh, delayed his progress there. But Zion Williams is still very talented. I've talked about the mid-range jumper. It's butter. <laughs> That's money. Uh, if he can become league average as a three-point shooter, 
look out. He doesn't have to shoot 38%. If he can be a 35% three-point shooter uh, with the way he can run the floor, he can run the floor with the best of them on the wing. Uh, he can get to the basket. He has a nice mid-range jumper. Uh, you add all that up with just the physical skills that he has defensively, 6'8", 6'9", nice long arms, uh, can can maneuver through screens, contest shots, really good against movement shooters. Uh, Zaire Williams still has a potential role on this team uh, going forward. But Desmond Bain, Luke Kennard, many others were out there in Vegas, and a couple of these guys were at practice as well. Uh, I attended practice on yesterday. Going to talk about that coming up on Locked on Grizzlies as well. Stay tuned. Welcome back to Locked on Grizzlies, everyone. I am DeMichael Cole, beat writer for the Commercial Appeal right here in Memphis, Tennessee. Uh, thank you for tuning in again to Locked on Grizzlies. Make sure you continue to like, subscribe, comment, rate, review, uh, everything going on here. But I got a lot to talk about here in this episode, and I'm trying to get through it because uh, we'll talk more about some of these things as the week goes on. Of course, another game coming up here later on today. Going to break that down on tomorrow's episode. Then I got to take a flight. So I won't be here for the last two uh, Vegas games. Going to take a flight back to Memphis after that. And then we'll finish up Summer League, break down all of that, and get into some more stuff as well. A lot a lot of more good content uh, to come here uh, from Summer League. But let's talk about practice. Let's talk about some early Las Vegas Summer League takeaways. And I want to start uh, from the game. So the Grizzlies, 87-80 win, last Summer League game, first game in Las Vegas against the Chicago Bulls. Won't touch on the game too much because, quite frankly, it was ugly for the most part. And then all of a sudden in the second half, Kenneth Lofton Jr., I mean, he, he looked like Kenneth Lofton Jr. I think he shot three of eight in the first half, struggled a little bit. Second half, he comes out, shoots five or six, gets aggressive. And I talked to uh, the G League coach, Grizzlies coach Vitaly Potapenko, and basically we just talked about how he's preaching patience on offense. You know, sometimes uh, Lofton gets the ball, he moves too fast. You know, be, be patient. But it's the other thing that he said that really stood out to me because it's the key. If Kenneth Lofton Jr., like many, many of you want to see him on the floor, right? Many Everyone talks about the instant impact offense he gives and just the production he gives. Because, look, putting it simple, every time we see Kenneth Lofton Jr. on the floor, he's putting up buckets. Like, the, the proof is in the pudding with the points. But here's my thing. At the end of the day, the Grizzlies are going to be hesitant on putting him on the floor until they see improvement on defense to the level that they want to see it. Uh. That was the message that was given from from Potapenko after that first Vegas game against the Bulls. And I'm looking at the stat sheet, right? Just like most of you, you're like, "Oh, he he had what three steals, two blocks." Well, he's being active. He he he's causing some havoc. What what do they want to see? Is is this? Are they just? I mean, Santi Aldama wasn't a great defender. So what what do they want to see from him? Uh, they put it great to me, and 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 it sounds like it's deeper than that. One rebounding, he had four rebounds in that in that game against the Bulls, and the Bulls were crashing the offensive glass. So that's one area. 
that the Grizzlies want to see Kenneth Lofton Jr. improve in defensive rebound. By the way, that's something that the Grizzlies went at when they're fully healthy. They do not struggle at. So it's not something that they're probably missing him at without putting him on the floor. Then there's the pick and roll coverage defensively. So I asked them, I said, well, break that down. What, what does that mean? Pick and roll coverage. Uh, particularly, Potapinko pointed out the fact that, uh, you know, Ken Vlock Jr. can't let the role man get behind him. Uh, he has to learn how to read a different coverage. So I, I asked Ken Vlock Jr., well, what does that look like for you? And he basically said, hey, you know, I'm, I'm working hard. I'm asking my teammates. I'm trying to figure it out. But the thing is, it's as simple as this. Uh, different teams, different personnel, different pick and roll. Uh, you cover it different ways. And that's something that he's still figuring out. Teams are going to attack Ken Flotton Jr. in pick and roll. Um, and that is something that, you know, he has to get better at. Uh, the NBA is very pick and roll heavy. So the fact that uh, the Grizzlies assistant coach is pointing out pick and roll defense, because uh, I think a lot of you probably would have thought, you know, man to man defense, right? Uh, holding up in isolation on switches and things like that. But that's not that's not what they're asking them to get better at. It sounds like pick and roll is the, the area, along with defensive rebounding, two areas that are really determined if Kenneth Lofton Jr. can get on the floor. But let's let's talk about the rook for a little bit here. And we got to talk about Gigi Jackson. Gigi Jackson has looked good. And go to this game in Las Vegas. Vince Williams gets hurt. And Vince Williams, uh, I don't have really a firm update on him. I'll, I'll say at this point, I'm not expecting him to play in, Mon in, in Monday's game. We'll see what happens. But uh, I, I saw him leaving from practice. Uh, didn't look like a guy that's probably going to play to me. I'll leave it at that, but we'll see what happens. With that being said, that could lead to more minutes for Gigi Jackson in this game, and that might be good. Gigi Jackson is young. He's 18, yes, but I had a long talk with him on yesterday, and uh, I already thought this kid have, has a bright future, but I, I, I think – Pretty much everything that I thought about him was pretty much confirmed. Uh, from a fun fact standpoint, I'll, I'll just give these out pretty fast. Because I know some people like fun facts. All of you like, no, we just want to hear the basketball talk to Michael. Well, some of you might like the fun facts because I thought it was pretty interesting when talking to him. Uh, T. Morant used to cut this guy's hair. Like, we know that there's a South Carolina connection between him and Job. But did you know it was that deep? Like, T. Morant cut Gigi Jackson's hair for a couple years. I think Gigi Jackson's mom, aunt, uh, know T. Morant very well. T. Morant has been very evolved in his basketball journey. Gigi's journey it is, just keeping in contact with him. Uh, same thing uh, to a certain degree with John Morant. You know, uh, they were they used to be at the same barbershop, right? John Morant would be there with his dad. T. And Gigi Jackson uh, would be a younger kid. You know, he's five years younger than John, so he was talking about how he couldn't run around with John, so his big cousins would be – uh, with John stuff like that, but uh, there's a real connection there. So, I, from a chemistry standpoint, this is it's probably about as good as a draft pick as you can get uh, for the Grizzlies because this is a guy who uh, has a really good relationship with John, has a really good relationship, you know, with T, and that could be beneficial. But getting to the on the floor stuff, Gigi Jackson said something real good, real good. 
And he said to me, he said he's he's figuring out how to how to play. He's finding his role. He said, well, not not necessarily for the Grizzlies team yet, but for the summer league team, for this team. I'm finding my role. And he basically said, you know, when certain guys are on the floor, he knows how to stand in the corner, uh, be ready for the shot. He knows how to be more aggressive when certain guys aren't on the floor. And in his words, he said he's playing his butt off on defense. So he's he's putting in the effort on both ends. And quite frankly, the results are showing. I mean, he shot three or six from three-point range in that most recent win against the Bulls. And, again, why I say finding his role, because, I mean, as long as I've been watching Gigi Jackson since high school, even at South Carolina, this guy has never been a corner guy, a guy who's just going to stand in the corner, catch and shoot. But a lot of times when he's on the floor with Jacob Gilliard, when he's on the floor with Jake LaRavia, David Roddy, Kenneth Lofton Jr., that's kind of the role that he's been put in, and he's succeeded so far. I didn't take him as a catch-and-shoot guy. This is a guy who give me the ball, move out of the way. I can get to the midi. I can get to the rack. I can shoot over the top of you. If you're little, I can post you up. If you're big, I can get by you, put a little jelly on it, get to the rim. Like, Gigi's got some game. He's got a big offensive bag. But to hear him say, hey, look, if I'm on, when I'm on the floor with the big boys, I know how to get in that corner and play my role. That's huge. Because it, it, it confirms everything that we pretty much thought, but you really didn't know for sure. You know, Gigi Jackson had the interview, right, uh, before the draft where he said, I'm not big-headed Gigi anymore. You know, the number one recruit in the class, the guy who thought, I guess, you know, he, he's the best thing since sliced bread. Gigi Jackson said, you know, I'm little-headed Gigi now. And, okay, he said it. But this proves it. This is little-headed Gigi. Little-headed Gigi says, yeah, I was a five-star recruit and number one player in the class of 2023, and, yes, I'm the 18-year-old that everybody wants to see. But guess what? When I'm on the floor with David Roddy, Kenneth Lofton Jr., Jacob Gilliard, Jake LaRavia, I'm going to go stand in that corner. I'm going to wait till the ball comes to me because the offense runs through those guys. They've been here. That's the vibes that he's given, and, and quite frankly, it's good because early on in his career – that's probably who he's going to be. He's going to be a corner man. He's going to be sitting in the corner. Going to have to wait till this ball comes to his hands. Might be able to do a little, little move here, a little move there. But all these times, you know, when we're seeing him score off the dribble and do all these things that flash the potential, you're probably not going to see that unless you're seeing it with the hustle. You might see it in flashes. You know, I mean, it's an 82-game season. Probably pull it out the bag, you know, once a week or something like that. But it's not going to be what you can see consistently. You're going to see a lot of spot-up shots and things like that. So it's good to see Gigi Jackson understanding his role so far uh, with the Grizzlies. But we got much more to talk about uh, on Locked On Grizzlies. Thank you for tuning in to Locked On Grizzlies. Make sure you tune in to tomorrow. We're going to break down the game. We're going to break down this game coming up. Uh, Summer League, Vegas game number two. I'll be there in attendance, which means I'll talk to Coach after the game. Going to talk to some of the players. And we'll have much more to come from that as well. We got a lot more to talk about as well. We got to get into this five-team trade. I specifically didn't talk about it on this episode because we got to break it down. 
on an upcoming episode of Locked On Grizzlies as well. The five-team signing trade uh, with Dylan Brooks bringing Josh Christopher to Memphis as well. So we're going to break all that down on the next episode of Locked On Grizzlies. Make sure you stay tuned for that. But once again, appreciate you for tuning in to Locked On Grizzlies. Remember, we are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Until now, next time, I'm DeMichael Cole. We'll see you on Locked On Grizzlies.